Hey there, friends. Hit Factory here. I'm Aaron. I'm Carly. And you are tuned in to another installment of Den's Ember, a month-long celebration of our greatest living actor, Denzel Washington. And today on the program, we are blessed to have a wonderful guest with us, a New York-based writer and a fantastic Twitter follow. Ashley Reese is here today. Ashley, thank you so much for joining us. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. So incredibly thrilled to have you today and very excited to bring you on uh, for not just another Denzel Washington movie, but a Denzel Washington Christmas movie. We're talking today about the 1996 Penny Marshall romantic comedy, The Preacher's Wife. Lord, if you're really up there, I need some help. You okay? No. This is the story of an angel. <laughs> My name's Dudley. I'm here in answer to your request. My request? To help? A preacher. <gasps> and his wife. This is Dudley, the Reverend's new assistant. Who sent you exactly? The top man himself. Now that's what I call good looking. <sighs> My twitch is broken. Let's see what I can do here. What they needed was a miracle. They got him instead. Take your wife out dancing. Can't do it. Not tonight. You go. Henry? Oh, my. From director Penny Marshall. You get out as much as I do. Oh, less, even less. I guess I don't have to ask if you had a nice time. We had fun. Remember what that used to be? Denzel Washington. Now, I've seen the way she looks at you. Really? I mean, really. Whitney Houston. You know you love him. Yeah, he knows it too. That's the problem. So what does the sheep say in this play anyway? <laughs> it's good to see you laugh again. It's nice to have a reason to. I want you to leave. Check the angel handbook. Wait a minute. Hey, Henry! Goodness. What was that? It wasn't me! The preacher's wife. So Ashley, to begin things, uh, we always just ask our guests, what is your experience with The Preacher's Wife? Where did you come to it first? How many times have you seen it? Or was this a first watch for you? So it's funny. I feel like The Preacher's Wife was something that like was always on television stuff um, yep. or you know things like that. But uh, so I actually watched it for the first time in preparation for this podcast episode. But what's really funny is that, like, once you watch it, I feel like it, it was just, like, a flood of kind of, like, a very archetypal type of, like, 90s black 
you know, uh, drama, a little bit of comedy. It was, you know, it, it, it kind of felt like I've seen like 50 versions of this, but it has Denzel <laughs> yep. Washington and Whitney Houston in it. Um, and oh man, this was, this was, this was a really funny watch to watch like in 2023. I'll say that. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I'm right there with you, Ashley. I obviously knew about this film and uh, as started, as soon as we started watching it, I recognized all of its beats, but I had never watched it in full until we were getting ready for this recording. Carly is the odd one out for once on the show, having seen this movie probably a hundred times. So at many least. times. <laughs> um, I mean, it was, you're right. Like it was always on TV. Um, and because it's a, a touchstone picture, it was always on the Disney channel and, you know, like, Little white girls in suburbia. Like I was watching the Disney <laughs> Channel all the time. Yep. Um, Wait, this was on Disney Channel. Ashley, it was literally on the Disney Channel like thirty five percent of the year. <laughs> like, oh my god! Maybe on... it, it must have been like pre like Lizzie McGuire Disney Channel, mm-hmm. like when they would still play stuff like uh, like Wish Upon a Star and like kind of like the edgier stuff. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It was like. One of those ones that they like pulled out for like seasonal, you know, decor, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but also because it was like a star vehicle with Whitney Houston and Denzel. Like, I assume they wanted to get a lot of mileage out of it. So they were literally always playing it. Um, And I mean, like, I have every part of this movie memorized just because like I all if it was on, I stopped and watched it. Um, And I also was like deeply in love with denzel washington as a child like i saw malcolm x way too early because i was just like obsessed with him like a lot of a lot of stuff um on disney channel also on disney channel also (laughs) but like this film and you know i like i i i also loved whitney houston and i think what drew me to this film every single time is just how badly as a kid and still maybe as an adult, I don't know. I wanted them to be an in real life couple. Like I just like really wanted them to be together. Their chemistry is like off the charts in this movie. And I found myself coming back to it and just like, like just loving watching them. I mean, the chemistry between them was so strong that it got to a point in watching this where I'm like, who does the movie want us to root for exactly? Yeah. Like, Literally. Oh, yeah. Li- who do they want Whitney Houston to <laughs> be with? Because it doesn't feel like the preacher. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's a dilemma there for sure. Like, I I was talking to a friend about this, and we were talking about the movie, and, and he was like, I don't think I've ever seen it. And I'm like, it's very weird. It's like, it's almost like about a preacher who engages in some, like very mild emotional cuck play with like the beautiful most beautiful man in the world and then kind of catches feelings and gets a little nervous about it like yeah no, and i don't know it's just like who do you like who are you supposed to be rooting for here because courtney b vance obviously is like a very kind-hearted good man but you've got denzel there like he doesn't have time for his wife and then it's just like even even when he's carrying is like at least he has like time for me or whatever at some point i'm just like oh no yes. like this is like I, I don't know i was like i was like what is this movie actually trying to say cuz i can cuz yeah. because it's so archetypal you know which direction it's going you know what it's actually trying to say it's not trying to do anything controversial it's not going to be like we love thruples but like it was also kind of like <laughs> What a watch. I mean, the casting of Dan's of Denzel 
in that like third piece of the love triangle like as an angel but also as like a pseudo love interest like metatextually Denzel being there as an audience you're invested in him being the one that like is who she ends up with like even if it's like not in your control like you just want that because it's Denzel Washington and because um and because of their palpable chemistry but it's interesting too having Courtney in the role that he's in because I feel like this was a departure from some of the roles that made him more popular with white audiences, like Hunt for Red October. Mm -hmm. He's like a semi-formidable, you know, I won't say foe, but like counter to, to Denzel. But, um, but he's doing something different in this movie that I really like. He's like more brooding and like a little bit more acidic. And that's like, I think distinct from some of his other characters where he doesn't get, I don't feel like like in Crimson Tide and Hunt for Red October, he's like very bookish and very like by the books. And here he gets to be a little bit more like emotional and erratic. And Mm -hmm. like, I just, I really liked him in this movie. You're going to laugh at this Carly, because this would also be an enormous emotional quandary for you. But are, are you aware that this film is, based on a 1947 film called The Bishop's Wife. Yes, I am. And do you know who's in that movie? No, who? Well, it's David Niven and Loretta Young as the bishop and wife. And the Angel Dudley is played by Cary Grant. Oh, well, okay. That's why, I mean, yeah. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. No, see, Cary Grant, Cary Grant Angel, Denzel Angel. (laughs) It's a wrap. They knew what they were doing. Yeah, they absolutely Mm -hmm. do. And so... What you're kind of talking about, though, is interesting because the film is produced by Mundy Lane, Denzel Washington's production company, uh, who just the year before this had put out Carl Franklin's Devil in a Blue Dress, which we've covered this month as well. Uh, But this is very much sort of like, I mean, the term vanity project sounds bad, but it is kind of a Denzel project like that he conceives from the outset and wants to make and wants to do it because of uh its foundation in a lot of family values that were very important to him and the sort of reaffirming of all those things and so there's this very funny like meta textual element to it where denzel is recognizing his own like beauty and his own appeal but sort of kind of being like ladies you can thirst but you have to go back to your husbands at the end of the day and you have to keep that flame alight thirst but don't touch (laughs) like okay this is maybe like kind of uncharitable but like one thing i noticed when i was watching this is like i'm like this is kind of a vehicle to showcase whitney houston's pipes like for real like every like every 20 minutes it was like whitney houston belting and i like love that like i grew up watching you know the um like disney abc uh cinderella with whitney houston brandy like that was formative for me like i wore that vhs out so this kind of reminds me of that era, that time, like, you know, yeah, of course you're going to have, like, it really kind of felt like, oh, wow, they don't do it like this no more. Like to have like a powerhouse, <laughs> like in these, like, and like a, just a random like holiday movie, you know, it's just, so that was like really fun to watch, but I'm just like, this is, this is just a way for us to like watch Whitney work. And it also just yeah. reminded me of how good of an, how natural Whitney is as an actor as well. Mm-hmm. Because I, I I kind of forgot, honestly. She's so good in this. Really good. And like, 
I when I think about like the big three for her of like waiting to exhale this movie and then also the bodyguard like you forget that she's in she's in these roles that are like not they're they're complex she has like stuff to do she's not just like there she is there to sing and be Whitney and be like electric but she Mm -hmm. also is like given these roles that have meat on their bones and she never falters and even in this film when she's you know she's playing against Courtney B. Vance, Jennifer Lewis, who's incredible, mm-hmm. uh, Denzel Washington, and the kid who plays Jeremiah, who's just like so. F- I have a com- I have a comment about him too. <laughs> oh please. <laughs> okay, so the little kid. I know. Again, this is just like peak '90s. Oh, look at this cute little kid. It kind of reminds me of just like you know, in like a '90s sitcom, for example. Like, mm-hmm. okay, let me let me put it this way. You know how I get a '90s sitcom they'll like bring in a kid when like maybe the show like premise gets a little stale or like the kid will be like kind of like the like or the kid will be like the comic relief or whatever i just got that vibe immediately from this child and from the fact that (laughs) the the fact that the first like lines in this movie are like little kid and baby voice being like that's my daddy he's the i was like oh god what what is i'm like what is this shit (laughs) like no like the kid was a great actor. Don't get me wrong. Like it, it, it's hard to control those kids. Like I say that as if I had like a long stint as a child actor. I was in like one thing that like, and I got cut out of it. <laughs> oh. Did I? Did I tell you about the Jerry Maguire thing? No. No. Oh, I was in Jerry Maguire, and my scene got cut. <laughs> so like, you know, I have very vague memories of like being on the set and like trying to have people tell me what to say and what to do, and I was dumb and confused. So with that said, I oh like God. I don't I don't <laughs> underestimate the kind of skill it takes to like have this, these kids do those lines. But there's something about the start off to it. I was just like, what am I watching? <laughs> I'm so glad you mentioned that, though, because it really affirms for me how deeply biased my perspective on this film is because of how much I watched it as a kid. Because mm-hmm. if I you saying that now, I'm like, yeah, if I watched this like in my 30s, like for the first time ever, yeah. I'm like, and what it kind of shit is this? Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, I'd be like, "What? Where the fuck are we going with Denzel in this movie? What?" And, and to be to be fair, too, like th- that was kind of my experience. Like, I don't want to, you know, I didn't want to admit that outright to you immediately That's while we were fine. watching it. But- I have an emotional attachment to this film. I am fully willing to recognize that that is not rational. I, I mean, it was very clear. You know, I had a, a very similar sensation, Ashley, where like this little guy, this is like baby talking at me, and I'm like. Uh, all right like what kind of movie am i getting into and carly's over here like already almost in tears like fanning herself like i love this movie so much (laughs) Um, oh my god i I need to pause preacher's wife stuff for just a moment and like make meaning of the fact that you were in jerry Maguire. what the fuck Uh, oh like this is a movie that has a very special place in like the hit factory lore we've covered on the show we consider it (laughs) to be a a very good like movie movie like everyone's very good in it it's well made all that stuff and it's also like so psychotically like peak mid 90s kind of stuff that it it just it's such a curio it's so fascinating to me the funny part is i've never watched it (laughs) 
<laughs> maybe okay. that's just like maybe that's like some underlying bitterness about my scene getting cut. Um, but I remember, I remember being on the set though, and everything like that. This is like whenever I tell people this, they're like, I can't, I forget about it a lot. And whenever I tell people this, they're like, they're like, you were such an LA kid. <laughs> Like, yeah, I had my little headshot and everything, but like, hundred percent. Yeah, I, I, I remember seeing some scenes being going over and over and over again, like the little kid running in like some classroom or something. And like, I, I must have been like, what, five or something? I, I was really young. I don't remember. I remember very little. I remember being very confused as to what I was doing, why I was there, why people were telling me what to do. I just remember getting like popsicles afterwards, being like, thank God. Like, what a rough day on set. <laughs> like, that, and, and then, yeah. And yeah, apparently I was cut. So, you know, maybe I just did Maybe I really, really like, this girl's not what's going on. <laughs> That's fucking wild. I love that. <clears throat> it's wild. What a, what a wonderful some, tidbit to learn. Just some deep, you. some deep Ashley lore. It's, it's, it's fine. I love it. <laughs> but let me just say one thing. If Denzel Washington has a power to, like, fix all this stuff... Why don't you just fix the man's boiler? Can we talk about that? <laughs> yes. Like, yes. Sorry, okay. that was one of my... Okay, sorry. I don't want to go on a tangent, but I'm like, Corey Vance needs his boiler fixed. The, the the church is like, has no heat. Why not just fix it? Fix the boiler. <laughs> and we know that like, he can and is willing to do that to a certain degree because he starts his car for him. Right? right. Starts with and, the car, and fixes he the fixes little toy his ambulance. Son's toy. He fixes the coffee yep. pot that his secretary uh, wasn't able to work. I'm like, okay, fix the boiler. <laughs> like, fix the boiler. Like, why are you making this man like go like hands out to Gregory Hines and be like, give me a boiler and I'll sell my soul? Right. Like, I it's to- I I actually like believe it or not. As a kid, that was something I wondered where I was yeah. like, Denzel Washington is here. Like, why, <laughs> why is he not like helping more? And like, it all like sort of rests kind of like rickety on that like fucking handbook that like is like oh, yeah. filled with angel lore or whatever. Right. And like, it says like what he can and can't do, but it's all totally inscrutable. Like he mentions it once or twice where he's like, you, you, I can't make you do anything you don't want to do, but also I can't help you for whatever. And you're just like, what? Okay. What? seems like there's probably a loophole somewhere, you know? <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, right. The, the movie can't, the movie can't really figure out, what Denzel's role is necessarily supposed to be or like how far they should take his powers or like his ability to be an angel. I was, I was talking to Carly about this too, where it's like, it also feels kind of anxious about how much they want to let Denzel be like Denzel, the heartthrob or the sex symbol in the movie as well, because they're clearly kind of concerned about this idea of his images a homewrecker or, you know, like somebody who's like uh, an adulterer or something like that. And you just kind of, I don't know, he's, he's a mixed bag, this Dudley throughout, like the movie doesn't explicitly tell us, but I assume we're supposed to pick up on the fact that when they're ice skating and Courtney B. Vance is hitting every red light, that he's the one making the lights go red. Oh yeah, 100% he is. <gasps> I didn't even, but they, I didn't even but, clock that. I thought he was just a bad driver. 
<laughs> yeah. No, it's fully it's fully Denzel changing the lights. Right. But it, like the movie doesn't he just says, oh, he's probably stuck in traffic. And then he hits every red light on the way there. But it goes out of its way to not really show like a a visual or subconscious like, you know, thing that you can interpret as an audience member that's like, oh, he's actively changing the lights to make sure he gets to hang out with this man's family while he's away and being delayed by I mean, it's implied. They don't need to show it. I guess so. But there's, there's, I feel like, more explicit visual ways to show that happening that they seem to kind of elide or avoid altogether. Oh, but you know, you know what was interesting? Other than the fact that the little kids, like, Lion King, like, bedspread is exactly the one I had as a child. That was a fun yep. little thing to point out. But other than that, uh, I, I, I'm very, I, other than that, and other than, like, the Lionel Richie uh, cameo, which at first I was, like, looking at them, just like, that's gotta be Lionel, right? That's gotta be Lionel. Yeah. But, like, <laughs> did he want to get with her, yep. too? Like, everyone wants to get, I, I mean, I get it. Everyone wants to get with Whitney Houston. Everyone wants to get with uh, the preacher's wife but i was like yes. damn everyone is thirsty in here like it's a competition uh i'm like who's gonna ha- bring out the red rose <laughs> yeah <laughs> and she's like i love that she's just like oh i'm just here to sing like it's fine yeah <laughs> and, like, and, he, and, like, then, and then and then lionel just got on the piano i'm just like okay but but let me not look at this in like such a literal way because i know like you can just like tear apart any movie with that but i did like oh, sure one thing that, that stood out to me um was uh Gregory Hines character as like you know I think Joe Hamilton or something Mr. Hamilton mm-hmm. who was like the real estate guy who had this vision of like um kind of bringing together all these uh different like reverend pastors people of the church people of the cloth to like come up with this like uh mega church slash like housing development it kind of reminded me of um it's a wonderful life in that way where we want to see like the kind mm-hmm. of uh the real estate guy uh, or the developer as like the you know the evil guy that's going to ruin christmas which i mean fair <laughs> um yeah. but yep. what i love one scene that i thought was done really well uh you know I, I think that this movie was goofy in a lot of ways one thing i really loved visually was when we go into um Gregory Hines's house and yes. inside and outside and i think this was already setting this man up as someone who is not just trying to like you know gentrify the area but also as like a whitewashed kind of character he was talking about bringing yeah. in a new kind of clientele to the area bringing in tennis courts this is this this the area and this movie, I don't, i'm not sure exactly where it's supposed to take place i know i saw license plates that said new york but i couldn't identify what like city or town it was but clearly this is like a predominantly black area when you're talking about tennis courts and new clientele, I'm like, okay, he's talking about white people. Like it was very clear. But then going to when um when uh Reverend Henry goes to his house, we see that w- the house is white with the white pillars. We see the inside completely white, the white completely piano, white. the white Christmas tree. Even this like painted portrait of him and his family look very kind of like what you would see and this like old moneyed white kind of family i thought that was done really well i was like okay i mean maybe it was kind of bashing us to the side of the head because we were if you know you know but i thought it was like an interesting artistic decision um Mm. that was like i was like okay i see what they're doing here like that was that was i'm like this is cute i see what's going on 
Um, I actually liked that a lot. And I mean, it was predictable in the sense that you knew that he was going to, you know, come around to the idea that like, oh, the church needs to be in the community. We don't want to, we want to reject this mega church idea, which I don't know, in the mid nineties, I grew up going to church, you know, for a while until I got sick of it. I mean, I don't go to church now, but it's, it's, it's funny to kind of just see this as like almost kind of like a time capsule also. Just capture, it was just, God, what a nineties black movie. This is just like <laughs> such a nineties black movie. Even the cast. You've got Jennifer Lewis as like the chain smoking grandma. You've got uh, Loretta Devine as like the secretary. Yeah. And I'm just like, look at her. Like you've got, you've got all those, you know, people who are like, oh yeah, that guy from that movie, that guy from that movie, you know, it was something very charming about that, despite it being very, you know, predictable, kind of weirdo as to what they wanted us to believe, you know, for sure. They wanted us to root for. But yeah, it was in that way it made my heart warm. In other ways, I was like, what's other ways I'm like, what's going on here? <laughs> right. And I feel like that's always the way with like family films of this era, but specifically these kinds of like live action Disney films. Like you're right that it, you know, is like a very much a time capsule of a certain period. And I was kind of trying to, you know, like articulate this to Carly off mic earlier today where for whatever reason, these kinds of like family pictures that Disney was doing seem to like always kind of like be in the sandbox of like the big issues culturally at the time, but mm-hmm. without ever really saying anything about them. Like they kind of treat them as sort of like de facto problems of society that we can navigate or figure out through like kind of like the goodness of our heart and like winning people over and all of that. Oh, yeah. Like, that was, like, a really cute way of them to talk about, like, I don't know, like, a really, like, prejudicial, like, uh, child welfare system. Yes. Uh, Or the fact (laughs) that... The justice system. Or, yeah, crime, where, like, the wrong kid was, like, wrongly identified as a witness as, like, someone who, like, committed a crime. I was just, like, it was just a cute way to, like, I mean, again, maybe... Okay, you have to like, I have to take in many things in consideration. The fact that this was like, you know, kind of like a more Disney ish picture, or, you know, who the audience was, who like they were targeting for it, you know, things like that. But like, they didn't, ha- they didn't mention black once. Like, there was no, like, race is almost yeah. like a non issue, even though, like, we can clearly see, like, like, I don't know, would they have, like, a white character in, like, a Disney movie being, like, wrongly accused of, like, you know, shooting up a store? No, of course not. 100%. Um, it was, it's almost like them doing, like, making it raceless. But, but I'm not, but, I, but are we surprised? No. Like, this is, of no. course, they want it to, they want it to be, you know, I, I do think, I can't imagine this was mostly, like, you know, they, they probably largely would have seen their target as maybe as black but maybe not i don't know i mean carly was watching it all the time i mean all the time (laughs) i also was obsessed with the cinderella but like it it should be noted that those were like the only two black films on the disney channel Mm -hmm. right like Mm. basically like there wasn't any other and it's not to say that like they didn't have you know they certainly had like finger quotes representation Mm -hmm. across across you know races and and um different backgrounds in a lot of their programming but like those two films are they're like the two biggest black films that disney had 
on in replay and, and ABC, you know, what's is connected to Disney. And so the Disney channel would also play that Cinderella. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, that and uh, uh, sorry to interrupt, but cool runnings. Oh, and cool runnings. An- another oh movie, my though, God. Cool runnings. Yes. An- yeah. Another one that totally flattens the concept of like racism within like a winter Olympic sport and makes it just about like <laughs> people from a country without snow can't do this can't sport, figure out right. how to bobsled <laughs> right. no i i agree with you ashley and i think it's like like watching this now as an adult too i was also just like every person who's representative of representative of an institution of power in this movie enacting some form of oppression on this family or this community is black like the judge the welfare yeah, worker <laughs> the police officers like yeah and that's to say that there isn't like a complicity that like that that that, that doesn't happen but it was interesting that we're just like kind of in this uh uh i don't know like almost like black bubble uh Uh in this random nondescript new york town it almost felt like i was like is this it's like almost like a mixture between like yonkers and buffalo almost like the vibe of this like for sure i was actually thinking buffalo Um, because i mean now i'm curious now I wonder if there's like anything on like the preacher's wife Wikipedia to give I, me an example of where I know that they shot some of it in New York, but the church and some of the neighborhoods around it are actually in Newark, mm. in New Jersey. Oh, so it does a little okay. bit of both. So it's like yeah, it is kind of like enmeshing a ton of just like that area around New York City and outside of it, and like making that yeah this sort mm-hmm. of like provincial New York area. Um. But to to the point of like systemic power and everybody in this being uh, a a black actor, part of that is Denzel and his production company having a hand in this and him, of course, you know, at the time and especially in the 90s, really emphasizing representation and also gaining getting work for uh, like black performers and black crew members, like as many as many people as they could have on their sets because they wanted their productions to be able to you know empower this community broadly speaking but it does a thing that i feel like a lot of denzel's performances do in the era too that we've talked about which is like it kind of flattens a lot of perceptions of race and who holds institutional power in the 90s that like uh you know when when all the cops and all the judges and all the social workers and and people for cps are all black people it, it kind of diminishes some of the idea of you know, racism in those institutions of white supremacy of all of these textures that actually mm-hmm. exist largely in in all of those different centers of power. I mean, agreed. That was something that I was like, hmm, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, I, I I also understand that that wasn't like you know the main thing you wanted to get across or whatever. You know, this was yeah maybe also just a way to get a lot of black people employed with this movie. So uh, that way, I'm just like, okay, slay. <laughs> but- <laughs> it- it is interesting though that they never name like blackness and that it's only ever sort of like signaled at where like there are a couple lines when like Jennifer Lewis's character says like well yeah like you know we have to work harder for everything like a, a couple times where like they they sort of gesture at it right but the fact that it is not ever named I think is interesting especially when you know that like Denzel's production company is behind a lot of the casting and the sort of like architecture of the film and in some way it's kind of like 
on the, and on the one hand, it's kind of like, should they need to or do they even need to? Because it's like, if you know, you know. And most of us should know, you know? So mm-hmm. that was a lot of no's in a row. Sorry. But um, <laughs> I do think there, there's something to be said about not having it be like, well, we're black. We have to work really hard. But, but there was something that I felt was still like, I don't know. I wonder if there was like uh, a kind of in between where they weren't like bashing our heads, you know, bashing across you know, our heads with like the obvious, but also it wasn't like this kind of, you know, almost like humorously like raceless utopia. I guess the only like non-black people that I remember was the guy accusing the kid of like shooting yes! up the store. Right. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> True. Like, right. Him and that like insane production lady at the oh, end yeah. of the film. I, one of my notes was like, one of, one of my notes is literally um who is this random white lady <laughs> like i was like where'd she come from and then i'm like oh okay she's part of the production she's part of she's part of like the bad the bad people she's part of the bad people which is why she's insane but like literally when she's on screen i'm like i hate you i hate you why are you here you're yeah. freaking out <laughs> she has one really good line at the end when they like end up using like the the doll that wets itself for the baby Jesus. And so the girl who plays Mary like is like runs off stage and she's like yelling at Whitney Houston backstage and is like, we lost the Virgin Mary and people are going to find out soon that that's not in the Bible. (laughs) 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 I was like, okay, I get it. They're making you like, yeah. That whole part was really confusing to me. (laughs) Like I was just like, why? I was like, why is it? Why is this doll peeing? Why is, I'm just like, this is a lot happening. I was just kind of like, I was like, all right. Let, I was like, let's wrap it up now. <laughs> it it literally it is. Long. I mean, isn't it kind of long? It's, it's so long. A long movie. It's, it's like that, two that, hours long. It's, like, it's, why? It's, it's way longer than it probably should be. And that entire like last act where they're at the 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 kids play is like thirty minutes long. Is it, really? yeah. it is. I like it's I like rewatched so it today just because I wanted to like remind myself, and I'm like, it's. It's like a sustained like 30 minute final act set piece where everything just happens around the play and around Courtney B. Vance's sermon at the end. I mean, yeah, I gotta okay, say, like, I, I you have to defend a, your movie though. <laughs> you know? I, I watched this on kid time, right? Like right. where oh, yeah. when time stretches and compresses in all different directions and, you, sure. and like none of it matters, right? So like <laughs> This movie isn't, I don't experience this film as a two hour long film. It's just like my brain doesn't, doesn't do that with it. But you're like, it flies by. <laughs> like, no, for real. But like, now that you're saying that that scene was half an hour, I'm like, yeah, like, I guess it was. It is half. It's like half an hour long. It's, but you know. The reason the doll pees is it's what you said earlier. It's so Whitney can sing, right? Like, <laughs> like she the the doll has to wet that girl so that she can be like, I'm wet. I can't be Virgin Mary. And then Whitney's like, I guess I better get out there, <laughs> right? Know? And then like do her thing, just belt. I'm like, okay. Look, those those are some of my favorite parts. It's just like watching mm-hmm. Whitney at work. Um, it's like, damn, R.I.P. But like, 
Another thing that I that I remembered, I totally forgot about, was like the handshake thing, like the magic handshake that Denzel would do, where like people's brain just like turns to goo, I guess, and they're like, <laughs> yes. "What? A, like, what a nice man! Like, who's this handsome man I'm 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 meeting or whatever." I I'm just so fascinated by the, by the the range and limitations and whatever of his powers. Uh, I was just kind of like watching this and like, I'm like, is this like fairly odd parents rules we're dealing with? Like what's going on? (laughs) I was just, I was trying to figure. And then at the end where they don't like remember him, but the, but the kid does. And they're like, the kid does. Yeah. It's just like, I remember Dudley. This was like, you know, and my parents said, how do you know who Dudley is? If he's not, I, if I can't see him. And then I said, just because you can't see him doesn't mean he's not real. It's like air. Or some bullshit. And then he's like, wow, that's faith. <laughs> My daddy says, that's faith. I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> I'm like, I feel like such a Scrooge watching this. I'm just like, not in the Christmas spirit. No. Like, yeah, okay, whatever, kid. It's like, I mean, approaching it from, like, a 2023 perspective and also, like, watching it as an adult, if you, like, don't have, like, you know, childhood memories associated with this film, I was even, like, really bothered with the way that the film offers faith as like a solution for like white supremacy and capitalism like <laughs> I, I, I was just like no like you no Gregory Heights and literally it's like he feels he feels the spirit and then he's like okay I won't I'm I won't capitalism you like that's like what happens in the movie we'll and talk I was about like the mortgage later I'm like we'll okay. talk about it later like yeah, we're good right now I'm just here clapping I'm getting everyone to stand up <laughs> like I was just like Feels the spirit yeah I mean like I get why they were doing it I mean it's a holiday film like I get it but also uh now that I'm like a cynical grieving 33 year old I'm just like uh <laughs> I'm like I'm like sure yeah prayer gets you through everything huh like i'm just like damn maybe i should like tone it down myself a little bit like why am i so angry why am i so aggy watching this like it graded my nerves a little bit no i think aaron was right there with you it's just but you know what the one thing i will say though is i mean damn i'm sorry corny b vance i was rooting for whitney and denzel Mm -hmm. i really was i was just like let him get let him get some angel action like for real like slipping and sliding all on that ice like okay that scene i was like i'm telling you like as a kid i was like i I don't want to make this sound like too dramatic but like (laughs) as a child that scene in particular like i couldn't articulate i was just like this is what like in my head even if i didn't have the words I was like, this is what like chemistry is. This is like what it is when yeah. like you like see two people and you're like, oh God, like there's something there between them. And like that is one of the reasons I I always watched this film when yeah. it was on because I loved seeing the two of them on screen and I love that ice skating. The scene, ice skating which scene was is- so cute. Him sabotaging her husband to make sure he don't get there. Uh <laughs> <laughs> the kid just on the bench, some random man just giving on hot the bench with I some hot like, I was like, I was like, who the fuck is this? Who is this? Like, I'm like, did I miss something? Who is this man? Like, I was like, is he gonna get caught? Is he gonna get snatched? Like, I thought there was gonna be a dramatic kind of like twist in this movie, but no. Um, and then when I guess he's guilted by uh, Jennifer Lewis 
kind of like stopped like lusting after my daughter, my married daughter. Yeah. Uh, then he like, you know, starts doing more things to make uh, Courtney B. Vance and Whitney Houston get all lovey-dovey and, you know, has them falling in the snow and stuff like that. I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. He's like, he, he, I guess he's doing the right thing. But I don't know. Chemistry is chemistry, man. Chemistry so is chemistry. And importantly, the moment he falls in love with her is when she's fucking singing. Of course it is. Right. When she's at the club yeah, with Lionel Richie. Us. I get it. But by, by the way, who, who I mean, is it falling in love with her? Of course. Uh, Jennifer Lewis, by the way, incredible in the movie. Hilarious. Like definitely needed to be just like that extra bit of comedic relief i feel like she's only like seven years older than whitney i, I was exactly what i was gonna say like when i saw this and it's like that's my grandma i was like that woman is 30 minutes older than whitney houston is <laughs> right no and i looked true. it up and i think you're exactly right i think she's exactly seven years older than whitney yeah and i was just like i don't buy for a minute that this woman is a grandmother but i understand that like- you know it, it's jennifer lewis so you want her in here i mean damn better than what was it this past week uh recently the um melissa joan hart grandma Thing. Oh my oh, god, yes. I did see that. That was that was rough. <laughs> I mean oh, fuck. in that way. I, I guess mean, I'd buy Jennifer Lewis more yeah, than Sabrina fair. Teenage Witch. But, it feels um, like it's only gotten worse, this like casting women as like mothers or even grandmothers, like once they hit like 35 at this point now, and it's just like what, mm-hmm. like, what are we doing here? I will say Jennifer Lewis, like she's such a good stage actress too, that she's like, she can play the big, she can do it up and be mm-hmm. a grandma. You know, she can do the mom role. One of my favorite she lines. Ha- from yeah, her, she absolutely had that. I, she I, had I, it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite lines from her is when Courtney B. Vance is like trying to get her to leave the kitchen one of them either courtney b vance or whitney is getting trying to get her to leave the kitchen and they're like do you mind and she goes do i look like i mind like (laughs) and you're like you are i need you to be here don't leave Mm -hmm. like just stay in the movie (laughs) she she was honestly one of my favorite parts like i actually looked forward to seeing her on the screen uh because she added this like uh that's she's that's something different. She added this kind of like wit, this kind of she just she reminded me so much of like people in my own family. Like she reminded me of like you know my aunties always saying something on the side of their mouth. You know, like she had that element <laughs> yeah. to her that felt very like felt very real. Didn't feel like you know contrived. Um, felt very like again, just like these moments where I'm just like I'm watching like a black ass movie right now, and I think she need that was needed um in that way uh but yeah i just i mean so for me since this is my first time seeing this my experience with denzel for the most part is largely like very dramatic roles so Mm -hmm. seeing him doing this was really different for me i'm just like there are scenes where he's just like dancing in the background like all white teeth just like smiling and i'm just like damn Like, literally the last Denzel movie I watched was probably Training Day. So I'm just like, like, this is crazy. Very different. You know? Denzel's voice reaches a register in this movie that I had never heard before from him. Like, a a, a shrill, Mm -hmm. like, kind of, like, high pitch. Because he's trying to be goofy and kind of, like, animated. Mm -hmm. And you don't, I mean, he goes big often, but he never goes, like, 
that direction, like comically silly. And I don't know. I just I had never seen anything like it either, Ashley. I was like, I, I can't think of another role where he's being quite this goofy. I think I only see it in his like his interviews or something, you know, when yes. kind of like that one interview where he's like, I'm living here with something. Like it kind of had that energy, you know, like he's like, I'm from around the way. I'm leaving here with something like it kind of had that. Like I was like, that's where that Denzel is. Like that's where he's yes. like all nestled in to like that kind of figure. But like, yeah, I mean, I, I know that Denzel has done like, you know, some less serious roles, but for sure. But this was like, I, I haven't really watched many of them. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm Malcolm X kind of, you know. Denzel or mm-hmm. I don't know what was that movie where he's going upside down that plane flight, flight. <laughs> you know <It's> good one. <laughs> like that yes. kind of Denzel like not you know just this was this was this was an experience okay. I didn't yeah. I mean, like it I thought he I thought he does have some good comedic timing and he's very charming um I think he did more of those in his earlier roles um I think but like you know he's kind of the total package Nice, I huh? mean, that's an understatement. He's, <laughs> yeah. he's legitimately perfect. But like, you're right. And I'm glad you're bringing this up because I was thinking about this movie in like the context of like the arc of his career and kind of like where it falls. And in the beginning of his career in the late 80s, early 90s, he's in shit like Glory and like yeah. Malcolm X. And he's doing this more... He's doing these more dramatic roles, but he's also like he's playing characters. We talked about this with Philadelphia that are like these really pristine examples of like the meritocracy where it's like, no, racism Mm -hmm. doesn't exist. You can just like work hard and like be a lawyer and like, look, Denzel's doing it. (laughs) And then like in the back half of his career, he's like doing American Gangster. He's doing training day. He's like complicating that mm-hmm. and he's like actually getting Going into stuff that's more like stuff. Yeah. like flight like you said like where he's like mm-hmm. drunk like he's doing he he'd established himself an, uh, enough as an actor and like a true movie star that he could start to like take on these roles where he didn't have to be um as like shiny in in his image but this film is still pretty distinct in his entire canon. It's like really oh, the yeah. only like rom com that he's in, mm-hmm. like the Mighty Queen, like a real family film. Like other than yeah. other than like um, other than like Remember the Titans. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right, that's right. I forgot about that one. But even that's pretty dramatic. Like yeah. yeah, like like he plays like guys guys in a lot of these movies. And by like the two thousands, mm-hmm. he's starting like a a, a very long collaboration i mean he'd already done crimson tide but he did four more movies with tony scott so he was like you know like action kind of guy like he was doing these very dramatic intense like action movie kind of roles and you know the equalizer movies with anton fuqua after training day and he's he's that kind of guy the only other movie i could say that like outside of the mighty quinn which is like very distinct and and special and cheryl lee ralph is in it and i fucking love her so much um it the only other movie i can think of is uh much ado about nothing where he's kind of more playful Mm, he's doing shakespeare and he's like his character is a little bit serious but he has the opportunity in that film to be kind of like debonair and like have have some fun with it but 
like it is so like the dancing scene at the at Lionel Richie's club when he's like dancing like a a total magoo. Mm -hmm. I was like, I love this. Like, (laughs) when do you get to see him do it? It killed me. So good. Like, if you you need to like like I know that you were doing this, but everyone who needs who watches this needs to just like watch Denzel the entire time during that scene. It was so fun. Like I, I started filming it because I'm like, this is so goofy. Like the, he was just like, you know, he looked like that meme of him where like it's just like his teeth, like yes! all, like you know, printing. It's like him. It's like that face, but just dancing and gyrating. I'm like, this is yes! so goofy. Like it's what? So goofy. Where does this come from? Where is this Denzel? And then I feel like maybe that's kind of more of the real Denzel than like some of the dramatic roles we see. This kind of more laid back, kind of goofier kind of guy. I don't know. Yeah, and the fact that, like, it's his production company, right? Like, he has... Mm -hmm. It's funny that this is the role he wanted to play. And he was like, yeah, and I'm going to do this scene where I'm dancing, like, you know, I'm doing, like, the fucking electric slide or whatever. Like, (laughs) and Whitney's reactions are just... Like, she's perfect in that scene, too, where she's just like, oh, uh, okay, okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Her her, her (laughs) just, like, she was so good. Like... Everyone was good in this movie. Like, don't get me wrong. Uh, Denzel was good. Courtney B. Vance was good. Jennifer Lewis was good. Wendy Houston was good. But this, like, really rekindled my, like, kind of love for Whitney Houston. Like, yeah. it re- watching this, like, really, like, made me, like, damn, she's gone. Like, we really lost, like, a talent, you know? But it's funny, that, like, that the preacher's wife is what, like, really, like, emphasized this for me. <laughs> but I think probably considering how much this was showcasing her her singing ability and just how natural of an actor she was. Like, I was like, wow, we really lost something like special for real. Yeah. Like this is, uh, uh, this is what, like kind of like the Whitney, Whitney 2.0 in terms of like her superstardom. Cause you've got like eighties Whitney with like Whitney Houston and then with Whitney. And then in the nineties, she starts taking on movie roles the, the bodyguard soundtrack like still the all-time best-selling movie soundtrack of all time and then she does this film you know like four years later and it really is like we've said just an excuse to see her sing gospel music um, mm-hmm. her mother sissy famously is also like a grammy winning gospel singer who appears in the movie in a cameo she's the kind of like mouthy older like choir lady who like doesn't like I noticed she's that changing when I was things up. up yeah yeah mm-hmm. but this soundtrack too again does huge numbers like it really is just part of sort of this like brilliant brand synergy with like Disney plus Whitney where she's singing gospel songs and selling a ton of records think about all the gospel music that exists in the history of the fucking world this album is the best-selling gospel album <laughs> in like the history of gospel music. All time. Really? Which is I had like, no idea. And th- I mean, think about that for a second. Like it's, it, it is kind of mind boggling to think that the soundtrack to a, a touchstone mm-hmm. pictures film is the greatest, the best-selling gospel soundtrack, but it's a testament to Whitney. Mm-hmm. It's a testament to her just absolute capacity and like, ascendance as a singer but importantly the crossover the crossover draw of this audience of this soundtrack the reason it is one of the best-selling gospel albums is because it had a huge 
huge audience draw of of white people buying the soundtrack yeah. because so many so many everyone people, loved Whitney everyone loved Whitney and and the film itself had a, a ton of crossover appeal to white audiences because of sort of like the perfect nexus of Denzel and Whitney coming together and the t- and the type of movie it is and it's a it is as you said a a black ass film but there is still this like sheen of like it being a family film that kind of like yeah. allows it no, to transcend that and to think true. that like people like white families were off buying like this gospel album because of this film like it's it's her impact is like you it cannot be overstated and like the soundtrack is just like perfect like really i love it i love it so much and like i mean when i think about winnie she really was like she just every demographic loved her all races all like economic levels all like children like i was a little kid when she was like you know coming out and i loved her my parents loved her like everyone loved her like and i feel like you and i don't i don't think this is just like empty nostalgia talking but i feel like that's harder to come by now and also i think even like the film like a black film with like a wide audience kind of thing is hard to come by in a lot of ways too i feel like you saw i mean that was kind of such a norm in not just film but television in the 90s too like you had Mm -hmm. like you know sister sister was like a, a black sitcom but like tons of demographics watched it i feel like that's just like that be- that kind of went the way of the dodo like in the 2000s little in the 2010s so yep. it kind of really is a time capsule in that way how it kind of also adds to that kind of like canon of these like black works that stuff like a just a wide appeal for sure Speaking of the universal appeal of Whitney Houston, Ashley, I saw you posting earlier this week about uh, a very famous person's love for Whitney Houston uh, named Osama (laughs) Bin Laden. (laughs) Yes. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Look. I mean, I, <laughs> I get it. Is is my thing? Is like well, I get. I it. mean, look, it was really funny how, like, you know, I don't know, a few weeks ago, like for like maybe three days, like Zoomers were like, hmm, "Was Osama Bin Laden that bad, actually?" And then people were like, "Actually, yeah, maybe he was that bad." <laughs> like when they found out he was a nepo baby, then they're like, "Whoa, like, no, he, yeah, actually, he is bad." But yeah. no, the one thing <laughs> that, yeah, terrible. he did have, he, he did have taste when it came to Wendy Houston, though, like Slay, like you know. That's right. Uh, talk about every demographic loving him, like you know, literally, <laughs> absolutely, terrorists, like, actual terrorists, <laughs> listening like, to Winnie Houston, everybody, and, uh, like just tears running down. It. He like did did Osama watch the preacher's wife? He might have. He, he I guarantee did. you he did. He probably actually. he probably he owned the soundtrack. the soundtrack. Yeah, he 100% <laughs> had. The, are you kidding me? No, that was the first, when I saw that tweet of yours. I was like, I I wanted so bad. To, so I was just gonna cute it and say like, we know we had the preacher's wife soundtrack. Like we know he was one of those like 80 million people of that bought it. As as somebody <laughs> who also, yeah, right, literally. I you know what he was he's a a, a real forebear a torchbearer if you will for a demographic of people who hate America but love Whitney Houston I think that there's a lot of us on the internet these days so fair <laughs> like that one tweet that iconic tweet yeah. he's been hooping maybe he maybe he'd have some competition with Bobby you know and maybe mm-hmm. I don't know he should he was he was not thinking about the long he was not thinking about the long game he really was that's yeah. for sure. He could have absolutely, if he had played his cards right, ended up 
Meeting money. Whitney. Like he could have yep. been like they could have been a power couple. Power couple. Nope. Mm-mm. Yeah, he, he be, squandered he had, it. Yeah, no, he had to be doing goofy shit instead. Unfortunately, <laughs> so. <sighs> uh, that's that's as much Osama revisionism as we're gonna do on our show. <laughs> that's today. fine. But, uh, we'll let, we'll leave the rest of the. Zoomers. I think we can leave uh, that. Like saying Whitney is the great uniting force is like not controversial. I mean, that's so sh- true. You know, move over Denzel. Whitney is the real great equalizer here. Yes. Uh, no, oh, but she oh. is. That was a good one. She Thanks. literally is. So I have I have one other really good one too that I didn't get to use where I was gonna say, uh, you know, when you're looking at Denzel in this movie and all his outfits, they should have called it Fifty Shades of Gray. <laughs> no, but a bunch. I mean, look, the suit. I mean, that was a gray ass suit. That, gray I mean, ass suit. that should that should have been someone's first like. And it was like, who, who's this guy with like looking like a 1960s like civil rights like <laughs> preacher like. I'm like, it was 1995. Like, yeah, like. <laughs> <laughs> head to toe, dove gray. With like a hat, one of those like old hats. Yeah. On. It's like hush puppies, like the whole nine yards. Yeah, no, he needed a hat. <laughs> and then it'd have been like, it, mm-hmm, no, for real. And then like, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> like, where do you come from? I like also that everyone's like accepted that this guy, he's like, yeah, you know, I'm just, I'm here to, I'm here to help. You know, I'm just like, okay. <laughs> Who, like, Loretta Devine's character was well, like... But that, when she was worried about her job was getting taken, I was like, no, no, no. That's literally what I was thinking about. Like, when she was worried that her job was getting taken from her, that was actually pretty funny. I was um, I was dying. Like, I was like, that is the correct response. Like, you, this yeah, man comes no, in exactly. and is like, like, I'm here to help. And she's like, what? I have babies. Like... <laughs> <laughs> like, it is almost Christmas. Like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. Like, uh-uh. No, sir uh but yeah god what i i'm really glad i watched this movie though um it was very appropriate for the holiday season even if i'm like you know a bit of a scrooge these days it was very fun to watch it was fun to watch just like something different from denzel ultimately because again mm-hmm. i just see him in serious roles and him just being like a goofy little angel trying to mack on someone's wife and then unmack <laughs> on her was like really something you know <laughs> he did have to unmack he did. He Absolutely. he he unmacked himself because he was he was getting in trouble from the big guy upstairs. Like literally. Like wait, no. What we didn't talk about was at the end when he's looking at the picture of uh, Whitney Houston and Courtney B. Vance or wedding photo, and he stares at it. And he, the longer he stares at it, Courtney B. Vance turns into him, and then mm-hmm. turns back. Like that was the weird. That was like the weirdest part. Like especially since it's at the end when like everything is like basically resolved. It's like he needed to get one more little fantasy of him with Whitney Houston in there. I'm yeah. like, that's he literally did. Again, what is this movie trying to say? He literally turned it. He Courtney B. Vance literally turned into Denzel before our very eyes. Before our very eyes, and the only reason that he unturned back into Courtney B. Vance is because God Himself, like, was like, yo, 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 was yo, like, yo, yo, hey. Yo. <laughs> <laughs> like he was just like you are too horny like we can't have this in like that's the right. angel alliance or whatever like that's crazy that's, that's crazy, crazy. That wild i how did i almost how did i almost not mention that that was the wildest part of this whole movie <laughs> like that was just like that was just violent was... he violated that man <laughs> talk about a weird like cucky like shit like what the Mm. Yeah. Nah. I, I mean, even when we were supposed to, everything, even when things were supposed to be like re- resolved, 
He was like, I need to get one little fantasy in there. One <laughs> more before right. I go. Yeah. Now like, the question yeah. then, the question oh, that arises then is, do the angel? Does God let the angels masturbate in heaven? <laughs> huh? Apparently, I'm gonna go with no because this man was thirsty. He was. He yeah. had. He, he had was some, dying of thirst. He had some urges. Well, and then I mean, the uh, here's the way my mind goes. I ask that question, and then it brings up another question, which is like. Does Denzel also experience that sensation of like being in a meadow and eating candy like when everyone else touches him, like when he touches himself? <laughs> These are good questions. These are important babe. questions to ask. <laughs> it's like everyone else you like know he's a handsome man. Everyone else gets that Kobe Calais song in their head with like, you know, the the starts in my toes and crinkles my nose you know what i'm talking about the the colby the colby calais song that's about an orgasm wait that's what that's what it's about i never thought about the lyrics i mean that's that's what a lot of people imply it to be that song is about an orgasm i mean now i'm thinking about it like it a lot of people have interpreted that song to be about uh about an orgasm Wow, we're playing in CVS around the children. Incredible. Anyway, these are just the the kinds of questions that come up when you're watching a Disney movie with all of these sort of supernatural elements in 2023. I thought it was important to consider them and to bring them up here. Jury's still out. Yeah, he might not even have genitalia. I mean, he was a human being. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he could be like a like a Barbie doll down there. Could be a Barbie doll That's true. down just, there. They just all disappear. Yes, once. but the urges still stay. <laughs> The urges yeah, right? remain. I don't know. He was. He's urgent. all turned around. He doesn't know what he's he doing. He was urgent. Anymore. He gets very confused. He's like, I'm, I'm, he's like, he's like, I. He was like, I'm leaving here with something. He's like, I'm leaving here with something. <laughs> <laughs> and then God was, was like, was. No, you're not. God was like, God was like, get back over here. <laughs> Literally, God was like, keep it in your pants, buddy, and you are not leaving here with anything. <laughs> you are leaving empty-handed. That's the point. You're supposed to be. <laughs> giving and generous you're an angel that's why we hired exactly you. i think we gotta ask ashley her top five or at least top one or two denzel I, I oh yeah no no I, now okay so what i so i i've i've like recalibrated i'm like oh yeah no i actually do know a lot of denzel washington movies fantastic <laughs> he's, he's notably he's notably done a lot um okay in my top five and no in no specific order though i do think malcolm x is probably my favorite um of this movie why what is it for you what about that film um i mean the way that he just like completely like i think a lot of biopics are really bad quite frankly Mm -hmm. um i'm really picky about them um and it's really something when i feel like a person really like captures the essence of who what i imagine the person to actually be um and not just like oh he kind of looks like him if you like style him like this and put like some prosthetic whatever on them. Like it really felt like I was watching his character. Um, I was watching uh, Malcolm X. Um, also just the way it's filmed. Like that's also, you know, Spike Lee, but you know, it's just mm-hmm. that combo just robbed. Just like, Oh my God. Just so, so, so good. Um, also as a kid, probably my first introduction to Denzel was probably remember the Titans. I saw that in yeah. theaters uh it the car crash scene scared me so like i was really scared to watch it for like <laughs> years after that oh my but, god um something about it really scared me like i was I, when i was a kid i was really afraid of like everything and that just really freaked me out but i remember it being like having a lot of heart you know so that's just like a personal favorite of mine 
Um, I do like American Gangster. Um, I also like, oh yeah, Inside Man. Uh, my husband and I mm-hmm. watched that together, like, I think of a year or two ago. I mean, like, no, well over a year ago. Yeah. My husband and I watched that, let me, let me rephrase this. My husband and I watched that, like, a couple of years ago. Um, he's seen it before. It was, like, one of his favorite movies. Uh, I've never seen it before, so he was kind of introducing it to me. Hmm. And uh, so that's one of my like favorite memories now. When I think back to you know when he was alive, and we were together. I remember him watching that with me, and I'm like, okay, this is pretty good. Um, let me see. Was that like four? Did I name three or four? I can't remember. We also watched Training Day together because we actually both neither of us had seen Training Day. I think. Hmm. Um, and that was good because I only knew that like what was that line like. King Kong ain't got shit on me. Yep. That was the only yeah. part I knew. And I was just like, I was like, what is going on here? Um, that was great. Also, someone from L- as someone from LA, it was like, it was, you know, fun to watch that. And was that four? I can't even count. Uh, I don't know how I feel about flight. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> we, we're pro flight on the podcast. We like that I, movie. I, but... I'm, I'm uncertain how I feel about flight. Um, there but yeah i'm trying to think of what else what's like another one that i that i that i really really like i don't know i can't i have a list of, of denzel movies i still need to see i still need to see fences so i'm only seeing clips of it i still need mm-hmm. to see the macbeth movie i still there's just i have some work to do I mean, I want to see the Jerry too. Huge. I haven't seen it. Yeah, I know. And John Q, like, yep. all these classics. That I, oh, I think I remember seeing the Pelican Brief. Mm-hmm. I think I remember seeing that. that That's a fun. fun one. In a, in a, in a bit, just so 90s. Incredibly so like, 90s. Deeply 90s. We, we didn't mention every this. Every single way. Every single way possible. We didn't mention this, but there was an interview that was pulled from the internet that I can't find now that was with some small publication that was attributed on Wikipedia that claims that Denzel said that very briefly before they had decided that Whitney was going to play Julia in the movie that he that Denzel briefly considered having Julia Roberts be no the preacher's way. wife in this movie before it was a Whitney vehicle like it was going to be like what? him and Julia Roberts teaming back up and I was like I cannot imagine that and who all. was going to be the husband? Courtney B. Vance? Like, I'm just <laughs> right. I'm, that would not have happened, right? That would be right? a whole other kind of politics going on there. So that would be interesting. <laughs> huh. That's wild. I, yeah. I think Whitney was the right choice. I, I love, yes. Look, I love Julia Roberts, but but no, Ju- uh, Whitney was the right choice. Absolutely. Is, is Julia Roberts going to sit yeah. there and sing, I love the Lord? No. No. She's not. No, she's not. <laughs> she's not going to sell the best selling gospel album of all time. <laughs> No, <laughs> she is not gonna. I mean, she's not going to just warm the heart of Osama bin Laden. I mean, I don't know. Maybe he liked her too, but I'm, I'm, for for the purposes of this exercise, we're gonna assume that he didn't do it for her, like Whitney did. No, so. like maybe he watched Ocean's Eleven once. Yeah, was mildly enthralled <laughs> he by her. <laughs> he loved yeah, Pretty, pretty woman. woman. He's like, love like Pretty Woman. <laughs> Uh, That's a pretty good list, I gotta say. Very good and list. And Inside actually. Man is one of my favorite Denzel movies. Great I I love to hear that Rob loved it and that you guys yeah. watched it together. It's a, it's a really really good one. A great New York movie too. Like yes, I, it really mm-hmm. yeah. It's a great, great it's a great movie. one. Yeah, and it's got your boy Clive in it as well, Carly. Yeah, 
two my two yeah. guys denzel and clive owen your boys my two guys. <laughs> the boys uh, well, that's a that's a fantastic list, um, and I, we still have one more of these to go, Carly, before you and I reveal our top five. I don't know if I can Denzel do that. Performances. But well, we're gonna have to think about I'll it a little prepare. bit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> until then, I will just say, uh, Ashley Reese, thank you so very much for spending time with us today and hanging out with us. It's been such of course, a pleasure. This was so fun. This was so fun. Thank you for having me. So pleased that we got to talk to you about this film and that you hadn't actually really seen it <laughs> yeah no because i, I was feel just like, like i need to watch this no it made the conversation like so if it was just like three me's being like this movie's <laughs> great but like we being like wait a second <laughs> hold on hold on hold on <laughs> this kid no, I'm so glad. I'm so glad it worked out. I really out that don't way. mean to be so mean to the kid. I was just like, but like literally, <laughs> the second he started talking, like that's my mommy, that's my daddy. I was like, oh god. <laughs> no, I promise I would do. What is, this? what is this? He there are like several lines where you're like, and they ADR him in too. There's a lot of like, where like they had him record the line and they like put it After, in and yeah. it just. It yeah. makes it sound even weirder where you're like, okay. Yeah, he's, no, I he's noticed some of that too. It was really, really funny. But again, like, look, uh, respect to the little kid actors, but <laughs> he got the job done. That's right. Respect the he hustle. He got the job done. He, I respect the hustle. He got the, he probably had some fun pictures with Whitney. Like, good for him. True. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for coming on. Really. Um, Ashley, where can people find you and your work around the internet? You can find me uh, yapping at <laughs> twitter.com or X. Or what are we calling it? We're it's calling Twitter. it Twitter. It's Twitter. Um, yeah. Um, you can also see me yapping in a different form and I guess in photo form on Instagram. And stay tuned. Hopefully I'll have some more writing stuff down the pipeline in not too long. From our end of things, you can follow along with the show at Hit Factory Pod. We also have a Patreon where you can get the full Hit Factory experience for just $5 per month, patreon.com slash hitfactorypod. I will give a shout out to our overlords, Linda and Jared Murray. Thank you so much for your continued support. And we will catch you all one more time for Denzember and then for plenty more after that. Stay tuned. We'll see you on the next one. Will you count me in? been awake for a while now you got me feeling like a child now because every time i see a bubbly face i get where do i go when there's nobody else to turn to Talk to